Touch my monkey, love it. Hello, welcome to the Fitzer Show today. <laughs> we got a good one for you. You know where we're at right now. This is the podcast for community creative people. Yes, sir. People working to become self-employed. That's right. After possible 47 alligators. I give it 97 alligators. Ah, Tyrone, come on, man. Get back in your cage. Oh, you found me. I got out. Oh, yeah, I got out. Thank you, sorry. Big time sour. Welcome to the show. Yeah, you're right. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Sorry about that, everyone. You know what this is? It's a podcast for a community of creative people working to become self-employed. All right, every Friday we publish another conversation about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience around your thing, and the battle of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. Your hosts are, there are three of us. If we were impersonations, Corbett, he would be Sean Connery's James Bond. Cool, elegant, and dashingly classic. Barrett would be Barry White. Deep, smooth, and ruggedly refined. Chase, that's me. I'd be Barney Fife, high-pitched, warbly, and instantly lovable. That one comes to us from Jason Jacobs. Thanks, Jason. In this episode, uh, we're actually missing Barrett on this one, which is a bummer. I was in San Francisco for a quick spell. Corbett and I decided to jump on the mics, and it was past Barrett's bedtime. So we decided to talk through a new guide we just made. Uh, We've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs over the past several years. And in this episode, we showcase the top 10 mistakes that we see self-employed people make. Oh, it's going to be a good one. (laughs) Got the top 10 mistakes. Never want to make one of them. Not if we want to be successful. You're right. Actually, you're right about that. Uh, So uh, get the guide. You can get that at fizzleshow.co slash 80. You can download it free and follow along. Uh, in this episode, you're going to have some additional color conversation, commentary, the whole nine yards. So, fizzleshow.co slash 80. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So, let's get into it. All right, let's get, let's get on to the show. I didn't need you to add that. Yeah. We are young. Nobody do heartbreak. We stand. No, no promises, no demands. Both of us lying here. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Try. I'm, uh, a, I'm like a world class beatboxer, but I'm not gonna try it here. <laughs> yeah, you're like I don't want to show you. I'm up. not gonna give you all my like tips and tricks and stuff. Have I ever done this one for you? Hmm. <laughs> no, you never have. I don't know if I ever want you to do it again because you looked straight into my eye holes and you did that. I felt you. I felt that resonating. Not only yeah. are you plugged into my ears, yeah, straight into my brain. But then you did this demonic yeah. chanting straight into my soul. I think that's... Uh, Dude, that's something from like Event Horizon no, or something like that. No, I think like it's that. actually from a Vanilla Ice album. 
and it's stuck in my brain still, since, that, since I was 12. That's still pretty dubious. Since I was 12. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Uh, Chase and, and, and Corbett here. Barrett is... Uh, so basically, I flew into San Francisco for one day to surprise my brother for his birthday, and I can say that because hopefully this won't air until after that happens. Probably not. Uh, oh, he doesn't know you're here. He does not know. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. Under the radar, as they yeah. call it. I'm a bit of a sneaky dude. I'm a bit of a sneaky dude, don't I? Yep. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it, lo- isn't it love? Exactly. Isn't it right, governor? So, uh, flew in, sat between two, uh, uh, an older couple, an older uh, couple that uh, they they travel, uh, apparently, together uh, every now and again, uh, always buying the tickets on both so they don't- the aisle and the window. Well, we've pulled that move before because if, because- because the thing is, you can he's, always... He's, ha- he's backpedaling because I gave him a judgment face. You did, but It's listen. weird. It's a weird no, no, thing. No, no, no. Listen, because here's the thing. If you book the aisle and the you might get and an empty. window, you might get an empty, and then it's luxurious because people don't like to book the middle. If someone does book the middle, all you have to do is be like, oh, hey, would you switch? Yeah. my wife So wouldn't there. you say something like that? Yeah, but these people time. didn't. No, they're like... They I just was talked like, over you the whole I, time? Like they came in together and they're both sitting in there. Oh, you guys want to sit together? I can, I can move. He's like, <laughs> no way, kid. We don't want to sit in the middle. Good luck. She sits down. She goes like, "Must be nice for you." <laughs> did they, did they prom- talk over you the whole time? No, like a few times, and it's and it was always in like they're passive just aggressive. Pissed. They're just pissed. Passive aggressive. They're just pissed off. Are we going in the holding tank? Oh, yeah. Told you it wasn't gonna be till twelve thirty six. Like Reginald. every. Oh my goodness! It was the worst. It was just like two angry people. Mm. The only victory they have is when they spite the same person. Oh, then they high five over they, you. Yeah, big old high five. Wow. Yeah. It, Where do you think they were from? Uh, I'm going for Vancouver, Washington, just because uh, it's where you're from, and these people reminded me. They of were kind of smug. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, just but like, but it just you know you ever have that that so I've been listening to I listened to like five episodes of Tim Ferriss's podcast, which have been just really really great mm-hmm. uh, and phenomenal guests. Part of me like I didn't I don't want to like the show. I don't want to like <laughs> Tim. I don't want to like this stuff you just do. because I don't know. There's just that thing. It's like it's just like i i feel like it's a competition it's a bandwagon thing, thing but it's not it's a bandwagon thing mm-hmm. but everything the guy puts out i love every time just about every time i mean all the books there's there's douchiness there's broiness there's all this other stuff but at the it I, sounds I, a lot like cold play it like, wins exactly like when when they first came out it was it was okay to like them yeah yellow it right? was like sure it's a great song i actually saw them at uh the schnitz in portland playing yellow yeah it was that first album. They were f- great. I bet. I bet they're sensational. Yeah, I had to. I had to put a marker there because you used the cuss. Sorry. Word. What Sorry. do you think this is? Mexico. Sorry. No, I want to encourage us to cuss, and I keep doing the bleeps because I think the bleeps are funnier. I, so it's a constant battle in my head: do we bleep it or not? Mm-hmm. But anyways, going back to, I'm sitting there listening to Tim Ferriss, and and what I love about this show is Tim really creates this great space for people to have these dialogues. So one in particular that I think I'll probably write in a whole, a whole blog post on, or a, a quick little thing. On the, when he interviewed the guy from Hardcore History, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's just Dan so Carlin great. is his yes, name, right? I think so. And Hardcore History is just this great show. I've only listened to four episodes, but they were they were tomes. You know, it's like this yeah. long show, epic. Uh, they it's were like the, a Ken Burns documentary, exactly, exactly. It was the Genghis Khan ones. Um, then uh, then Kevin Kelly, three part Kevin Kelly, which Kevin Kelly is like the godfather of the of all of us on the internet, mm-hmm. and um. He, uh, yeah, I, I had my DNA him. checked, and there was part Kevin Kelly yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It, it's me weird. too. Yeah, me too. Actually, there was a because you. I, I'm, I'm like one eighth 
Kevin Kelly. Yeah. And well, one, one sixteenth. All American of us who Indian. have a vestigial USB port are. <laughs> right. That's exactly. Where, that's where yeah. that comes from. Yeah. That's from his. It's not a prehensile tail. <laughs> no, it's a vestigial USB port. Uh-huh. <laughs> USB 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, my, my son actually got the 3.0, which. Much faster data excited. rates. But it turns out it's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Pretty common. These days. Most kids are getting the USB 3. Yeah. As um, is the name Aiden. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. That, that was a mistake. <laughs> I'm kidding. What is he, a Lincoln? No, all, we have like 25 listeners of the show who have like nine Aidens between them. So I'm sure. it's perfect. Um, so anyways, I'm listening to the stuff that's actually making me go like, wow, what, what am I here for? This is exciting stuff. Uh, you know, the, the hardcore history guys just talking about like, stop trying to be, making me think about like, stop trying to get bigger. Stop trying to get more out there. Kevin Kelly, especially like, hey, be what, do what you have in you mm-hmm. and watch it grow. But, like, somehow they're both making it sound like more than just that, like, follow your bliss sort of thing, right? Yeah. They're making it sound substantial and, and reminding me of that stuff because we've been in such a growth mode for several months here. And then uh, everybody in the forums and Fizzle, all of these entrepreneurs we get to meet with, like, they're, they need to put food on the table. We've got to make a dollar on this thing. Yeah. So what's, what, what logo is better? What tagline is best? What's the best strategy? Which business? This one or that one? So there's just, it's just a lot of pressure. Yep. And I don't respond really great to that all the time. Uh, and so I'm, it was a good little release valve to, to hit. So I'm sitting there steaming off like this really, oh, reminding myself that life might be, might be worth keeping going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and building and making stuff. And then here's Vancouver locals just going like, see, I knew we, were, I knew we weren't going to get off. I knew it. I, I knew it. You said it, we're but I knew late. it. Yeah. You know? And so it was just this funny juxtaposition of me going like, I want... So much more Kevin Kelly and so much less of these people in my life. It's interesting. We've talked about this for a few weeks now, I think, on the show. Um, just this concept of like, there's a lot of luck that plays into how yeah. successful your thing is. And you can't just will something to be successful. But I don't want to get into that. And I think I've said this every time. Yeah. I don't want to get into that mode of, well, there's nothing we can do. Like either yeah. the thing's going to be a hit or it's not because and Corbett, that's, I mean, you, your voice in my life, just as in my own little, like I have my own to-do list, we're building fizzle, but we all have our own to-do lists and projects that we run. But that voice hearing that from you all the time is, is like a, a constant reminder of me and something I'm learning that it's okay to yeah. have those feelings and, and it's okay to, to, to put, to put pro- like, like to, to, challenge myself mm-hmm. with a thing that doesn't feel that doesn't just come up from the loins on up those things that isn't completely natural because when we go uh, what you learn from living from the enneagram if you're a super crazy person like me uh like the more you are like yourself actually the the the, the more you're like your personality type the more out on the edges and sharper that you are the less healthy you are the more healthy you get the more integrated you get to all the types the less dramatic and intense your personality sort of spikes mm-hmm. show up as I have all of these personality traits that are my strengths, right? My creativity, my dynamism, my ability to like think up a fresh thing or to, or to be incredibly enthusiastic about mustache something. mustache growing ability. My fucking super furry barnacle grower on the front of my, Walrus right below style. my nose, yeah. But all of this stuff that I can do, it's directly, it's the same exact stuff that's going to be my downfall mm. unless I temper those sure. things yeah. with discipline, with a, with a better Center. mindset. We're all that all, way. We're all that yeah. way. Right. So for me, I'm I, I'm very capable. And this is something we've got and which plays into our topic today. But this is something we all have to do as entrepreneurs, figure out where our strengths are. Yep. And then and then we have to temper that in some ways. Not and I'm not talking about like, you know, the difference between finding your strength or getting better at some things that you're but it's like, no, I'm talking about 
just being a regular human and staying in anything yeah. for longer than the week that you feel enthusiastic. But I want about. I want people to realize this balance because I I think it's it's easy as a creative type to be like oh all of success is luck yeah. and you put things out there and if people are going to like it they're going to like it yeah and as a more like you know roll up your sleeves entrepreneur yeah. a lot of times it's like no all success is hard work mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people think and yeah. really it's the way I like to think of it is imagine it's like a stream okay so the the luck that you have is the pace at which the stream moves and you paddling the kayak or mm-hmm. whatever you're in is the work that you're doing to make progress. Yeah. And if you're in a, if you're trying to go upstream, you're paddling your ass off and you're not ma- yeah. making any progress because you picked a really bad business idea. Mm-hmm. If you just happen to get lucky and you pick this stream that's like flowing really fast then you don't really have to paddle at all because this thing's just going to carry you to mm-hmm. where you want to go. Um, and for most of us, it's some combination. You pick something it's going to have a little bit of momentum on its own, but you still have to paddle to make yeah. the thing work. It doesn't mean that you don't go looking for another stream and try to find one that moves faster. Yeah, it doesn't mean that parts of the stream won't be going slow and some going much faster. Right, exactly. And you might judge the the overall success on, oh, I'm in the I'm in the flats right now and it's not moving very fast. By the way, I think we just fig- figured out our metaphor for if we really wanted to go on the road as like speakers. Like, yeah. It would be like, hey, I'm Corbett and I'm here to tell you about the stream. Yeah, probably Q, should pick a better one. Cue Moody Lights. Probably should pick a How better one. How many of you out there want to start a business? Yeah. <laughs> I see that hand. That's right. <laughs> Just like doing the thing. I'm excited. I'm really excited to be here today with you because you know what? It's taken me a long, long time to get up on this stage. No, I think you should talk like that and then I should be like, and if you want to make more money, <laughs> you got to be more valuable. <laughs> I know we're we're doing we're doing some good things up here. We're having some fun. We're rooting and tooting, and we are just having a blast. But not all of life is about having fun. Am I right? Did you hear me on that? Not all of life is about having fun. Sometimes you got to eat a few pounds of shit, and sometimes you got to make the shit yourself. And sometimes you got to paddle upstream. <laughs> that's right. My partner here, who is yelling through his nostrils, is I'm kidding. Oh, that's great. We're having a blast. We do have a topic for today's podcast, do we not? Yep, Uh, which is, it's perfect time. This is the segment of the show where we start our topic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, You know what? Fun fun thing for, for if you you got a moment to to write us in at heyguys at at fizzle.co. Heyguys at fizzle.co. Uh, write us an email. What if we did a segment on this show? Like, if what? Imagine if every episode there was like a okay. At forty five minutes in, we do like four minutes of this. Like, whether it's uh, one podcast I listen to is Script Notes, where they do at the end of the show one cool thing. Uh, each of the hosts brings mm. one cool thing at, at the end. One sometimes it's an app, sometimes it's a it's a blog post, sometimes it's a and quote does somebody from blow like a whistle or something to get. <laughs> button clowns come and out go, oh it's time for one cool thing <laughs> exactly today's one cool thing is brought to you by it's perfect yeah and then tim ferris on his show he does a quote uh, all the time but we we uh we, i'd be really curious to hear if you had any ideas for sort of segments we could do on the show mm. They're just like uh you know i've had, had the idea of maybe uh doing like, like little three minute conversations with a bunch of people who listen to the show yep and just peppering the show with uh, every once in a while we'll put one of those in there or every episode we'll add one uh, let me know what you think. Hey guys at fizzle.co. I'd love to hear if you have any ideas for segments. So <sighs> I got some ideas. You never asked me Yeah, because you are a POS. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. A pal optimally set up. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, on the show today. So, uh, so we put out a guide and I think it's pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. We had a blog post that Corbett wrote called The Top 10 Mistakes in Starting an Online Business. And I've always looked for better ways to phrase that, by the way. Yeah. The Top 10 Mistakes in Starting an Online Business. There's mm-hmm. just so many. It's like, it's, wordy. it's like a preposition off. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, but I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, and I also didn't devote a lot of time to it uh, outside of, because we are, because it clearly already works. People are already clicking and yeah. loving, loving that article. So we decided to turn it into a guide. Um, just taking that article chunking it up into chapters and then the fun part for me is like finding these images and adding these like quotes from some of our business you found some gurus. awesome ones too and it's amazing that like every point in that yeah. article had a quote from somebody really great yeah like all the people that we've talked about on the show mm-hmm. in the past seth godin and fred wilson seth godin yeah. brad feld paul yeah. graham stephen hawkins yeah i love that picture of him stephen too. hawking is great you gotta yeah. get the guy just for the picture of stephen hawking because it's it just it's this it's really beautiful to me but um so we made this guide. It's it's uh, it's simple. It's free. You can get it uh, at the show notes here, fizzleshow.co slash 80. That's 8-0. You'll see. I'll put in a big box there uh, to to get the thing. It's free. Just enter your email. What does that mean? Yeah, we're going to send you an email when we write uh, when we put out another podcast, when we when we write another article. If you're interested in growing your business because you listen to the show, you probably are. Uh, you're not here for the for the airplane banter. Um, uh, maybe Although you Although it's not bad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what we that's what we do and this is what you know some people call these lead magnets other people call them other things get free giveaways or whatever what i what i love is that you guys i get to allow barrett and corbett to think about the business strategy of this stuff and i just like to make in the book because like the yeah you love making these nice. yeah. i love it's a beautiful this. book it's a beautiful book and we have we actually have um more than just this we have a handful of guides yeah. now if you go to fizzle.co slash guides, yeah. you'll see the top 10 mistakes. It's just stuff that business. I like to make. And I, that, and, then, and then these guys say, like, I think that'll do good or maybe that won't or whatever. But like the other one that's real big is our defining your audience guide because there's two. I mean, there are two really great worksheets at the end of that thing. So yeah. that's that's insane. those two together. Those are a great start. Yeah. I think I want to make one on cho- choosing a topic because like, mm-hmm. like I, I, when I see this stuff, I go, OK, where, where, where are the gaps in in the story of any particular person who's trying to become self-employed? It's like that very first one on like, how do I figure out what I'm going to do? So you have this amazing course within Fizzle on choosing a topic, mm-hmm. like a weighted average decision matrix and all this stuff. I'm like really tempted to just make that one free just because so many people struggle with that and it can shave off so much time. What if we make it just a dollar? Yeah, I don't know. That seems crazy. <laughs> Could we? I think we did. What? Yeah. Tell me more. Well, People can sign up for Fizzle and try it out for just you a gotta buck. You got to be a dollar? Yeah. Oh. Just go to fizzle.co. We've got a special offer going at all times. Well, then why aren't currently. more people signing up for that? Well, a lot of people do. Oh, I don't know these things. Uh, but but uh, a guide for each one of those things. And it's this, it's this weird mix for me trying to find like, you know. Anyways, I try to put all as many answers into the things we possibly can pack in. So this is a great guide. Uh, I think you're going to like it. And at the end, uh, there's a bunch of different places you can learn more like the... the uh, Link to a bunch of different podcast episodes and articles, and then each one of the quotes uh, links to an article as well, except for I think one or two of them. Yep, um, from those people. So, anyways, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk through just these because I feel like there's more color we can add to this, and mm-hmm. because we could just, uh, well, you people, you're driving. Look at you right now. You're driving in your car. Be safe. It's good. I listen to headphones in my car too. That's fine because I don't have Bluetooth. Uh, and even if I did, I like, we have Bluetooth in the Subaru. I don't. I don't connect my phone to that. Really? No. It's kind of fun. I don't even, I think it's just like, I'm like, couldn't be arched, as I would say. So this list, um, this came out of just a lot of conversations that I had with people. I was actually at a conference last summer 
and just had a lot of conversations with people who were frustrated and who had felt like they made some mistakes early on and it cost them a lot of time and energy. And, yeah. um, and I started asking people because I had a few conversations that happened naturally. And then I started asking everybody else I was talking with, like, what do you feel like you messed up on mm. early on? And what would you change if you did differently? And this is something we ask people in our founder stories all yeah. the time as well. And so from that, I just took notes and eventually had this list that felt like a really solid top 10 mistakes that I kept hearing over and over again. Yeah. And um, you can call it starting an online business, whatever. It's starting a business in general. Mm-hmm. Um, this is common, especially in the world that we operate in, where people are maybe trying to create a blog first or a podcast first or something, and then build products and things for sales services, yeah. that sort of thing afterwards. So should we just jump into jump it? Jump in. Tell All us right. the first one. Cool. So the first one, do you want? should we read these quotes before or after? No, let's just leave the quotes for, for people to oh, discover so on good, their though. own. Maybe we'll, we'll sneak a couple in, though, because they're right. so good. Yeah. All right. So the first one, and um, this is one that happened to me, actually, early on. Yeah. And that is just waiting too long to launch your first product or service. So there's an issue here, and we've talked about this before, and this is what the lean startup methodology addresses, which yeah. is that the biggest risk as an entrepreneur is that you're going to release something that you spent months and months working on, and then it turns out that nobody likes it. Yeah. And you don't sell any, and you wasted six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the solution to that isn't to try to validate everything you possibly can about your product because I don't think, I don't believe that validation actually works that well. Mm -hmm. People get really obsessed about it. Like, how do I know for sure that this thing I'm going to put out is going to work? You don't. This is Mm -hmm. the whole lottery ticket concept. So the, the, the solution isn't to wait a long time and to try to get a lot of validation or to wait a long time because you're building this thing and trying to make it perfect. The solution is to just get something out sooner and not to put so much effort into it to make it more of a minimum viable product kind of thing. Yeah. I listened to a great uh, interview today um, with uh, on, there's a podcast called Product People that a uh, friend of the show, Justin Jackson runs. Great podcast. Lots of great interviews with, with people in the startup sort of SaaS community. And the one today that he released was with Samuel Hulick of useronboard.com. So he's the guy that does these teardowns oh, yeah. of the onboarding process uh-huh. of all of like Slack, of Instagram, of the new Google inbox and stuff like that. Great, just screen by screen showing you exactly what they're doing and what they can improve. And oh, okay, I get it. And then you can, when you go through a bunch of these, you start to get like, you just get, you get steeped in what it means to do onboard stuff. It mm-hmm. just it's uh, it's one of my favorite sites on the internet, just because it's onboarding so, fun too to it, think yeah, about that experience. It, and and uh, actually, in that show, they mentioned the uh, the interview we did with uh, Mark from Canlis, and they're just, oh, he, cool. yeah. So Justin was just like, I've been just thinking about how that guy looks at customers and saying, you know, people have been waiting all month for this night. Yeah, like they we are going to make them the hero yep. this night, right? And he's like, that's what that's what user onboard does. Like when you do it really well, it does that great. Right, it does that. Yep. Um, so I want, I'm going to put that in the show notes because that you should listen to that. It's a really good conversation. And one of the things that Samuel says that sticks in my mind is he says, "Yeah, this launch that I that I put together, it was sort of haphazard. This is for a book that he was writing. It was sort of haphazard, and I made some mistakes. Uh, but I had done the research to know like you always screw up." things when you launch like mm-hmm. you, like your first launch so i needed i just did this to get that out of the way exactly to get those first launch exactly. jiggles out of the way yep 
like you say, breaking the seal, just earning your first buck totally. and then seeing what happens from it there. It makes such a big difference to come at this knowing... One of the things we said two uh, episodes back, I think, on on uh, project management. I think this was episode 78. Uh, it, it was like, we don't just plan this next project, plan the next three. Because your next project isn't going to be the reason why you're successful. Right. And you need to get in, like, isn't li- like, is not more likely to be the reason that you're going to be successful than the other two or the ones you've previously done. Right. You just have to stay in that mode of going, 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 going. Yep. And that's what this starts to get us thinking of. And that's what tools, you guys don't know, you don't know how big of a deal it is that Gumroad is just, you just sign up and you just like, here's my, I made a PDF and iBooks author and I'm going to sell it. Or I made it, I made a, a a thing over here, an article or a, anything, and I'm going to sell it for one. How, how easy dollar. it is to sign up for that? Yeah, how easy it is to do that? Get it out there, because then what is important is you launch it. Samuel tells this story: is like he launched this thing, he, was, he had done the list growing and all this. He expected all this stuff. Hey, gay guys! He brought his family into the room on a like Thursday morning and said, "Watch this," and he clicked publish, and immediately started seeing a couple sales, and then it sort of petered out right and he was like not expecting that and he's like maybe you guys yeah go back to breakfast um you have to learn that skill uh, or that that mind that 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 reality yep of you have to know first of all how do i get something that's that has a beginning middle and end a file that i can then put on the internet or something like that some sort of course some sort of coaching some sort of anything that then i can say this is what you're buying this is why it's valuable to you this is how much it costs this is what you're going to be able to do afterwards here's a button to buy it yep you know then so you've made all of that getting to that point is a is a miracle in and of itself then getting someone to the page who's a qualified buyer who clicks the button enters their credit card information does the thing yep is a whole other miracle in and of itself totally and when you get to the point like you know so what, what, what were we talking about here is waiting too long this number one mistake waiting too long to launch a product or service because you build it up in your mind that you're gonna that the first time out of the gate it's gonna be perfect and it's not. Yeah. And the other risk is that especially if you're trying to build an audience first, which is great, we recommend it because mm-hmm. you get a lot of feedback and you kind of know what to build. Yeah. And launching a product is really just an experiment, right? It's like mm-hmm. you have a hypothesis. Okay, there are these people with this problem. Here's the solution. I'm gonna put it out there and see if they actually do want this thing. It's yeah. just an experiment. You got to look at it that way, and you have to do it multiple times. But the risk is in building the audience you can get so wrapped up in that process of building the audience that you get stuck on what some people call the the content creation hamster wheel. Mm. You know, you're just like yeah. running around in circles, basically. God, I know what that's like. Don't we? Mm. All right. Uh, second biggest mistake. Let's do it. Is simply solving an unimportant problem. And um, this is to hark back to uh, some of the early Fizzle the Show first episodes. 60 episodes of for this 60 show. 60 <laughs> episodes or something. <laughs> yeah. The point is, if you have, if someone has some horrible affliction and you have a way to cure it, guaranteed, it's easy to sell that thing, especially if there are no other uh, solutions out there. Yeah. But if you're like, if you're like, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there who feel disengaged. Mm-hmm. Because they have X, Y, and Z happening in their life, I'm going to solve that disengagement. And yeah. then you go and it's like, is that really an urgent problem feeling disengaged? Yeah. I mean, it, maybe it's one aspect of it, but it's not having hemorrhoids. Exactly. Or That's whatever. That's always the, the ex- example that we, and this is timely because on Tuesday, so right now is Friday, but on Tuesday we're publishing a thing. And when you're listening to this, uh, uh, on, when you're listening to this, four days ago I published an article, uh, 
at the Sparkline, which I'll put in the show notes here, which has a video. I, I brought out a video from our one of our most popular courses, the Defining Your Audience course. And it's this it's the this first video that sets up the paradigm and gives you like like this one little breakthrough that I think is was was p- pivotal for me. And I talk about how most of us start a business. And Corbett, tell me if you resonate with this because well, I know you do. Uh, uh, but if you have like a, an actual personal story about this, because for me, starting a business always looks like at least early on, it looks like I feel like I could do that. You see something and either you go like, hey, I can make a cupcake better than that. Or, hey, I could, uh, uh, I don't know, I could, I could make a better website than that. Or I can make one that good. Like, hey, I could do that. I could. I could do that. That's something I could do. Right. Oh, hey, I could. Oh, I wonder if I could do that. You know, it all starts yeah. that way. I wonder if I, I wonder if I, me. Me? Do you think me would be the sort of person that would? Right. I, I could probably. I could. And then so. Which okay. No. Let's let's stop for a second because for you to even think that you can do that is to start paddling up upstream in terms of culture. You know, of just going against it. Of like, hey man, shouldn't you just get a regular job and just do the the thing? It's true. So already, you've got this itch coming on that you're gonna have to be brave to chase down. Yeah. You're gonna have to be you know bold enough to go because eventually for me it's just like it got too itchy. And I and as much as I could try to repress it, like it just it just kept going. Yeah, and being there. And to me, it's not even to just to yeah. compliment the metaphor there. It's not the paddling part, really. That's getting out of the stream you're in right now, which yeah. is oh, the yeah. meandering stream We're of go portage this Sunday. the That's the so meandering stream of regular life. <laughs> the choice to go build a business is to get out of that stream yeah. and to put your life on hold for a while and go off in the wilderness and look for a new stream to put in. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going you think from like a- this, this canoe where you have several people maybe to like to this like kayak and there's like all these serious people with these serious life jackets and yeah. stuff. They got like neoprene suits on. They look you up and down and go like, you're not meant to be here, son. Yeah. You know? And, and that's like the that. thing, right? And, and so the stream... <laughs> you're love, gonna, let's just keep this metaphor going all day long. Entrepreneurship, you'll probably find a stream that's going to be rushing. It's going to be faster than that normal yeah. meandering stream of life and the, even though you get in right here you can see the the rapids down there and you're so you're asking yourself about those rapids when really all you got to do is jump in right here and you you can you're going to learn a lot about managing this kayak in the next you know mile before you get to the anyways we get okay yeah so if there's a way to beat a metaphor to death i think we're not even close yet we need to keep going with this throughout <laughs> totally but that idea of we all start there we all start with like i could maybe or i think i could it because there's this fundamental necessary um uh, selfishness that because in order to get out of the stream that we're in we've got to go inside and, and wonder do we have what it takes which is great that's what i call the necessary delusion of being an entrepreneur like we yep. have to delude ourselves and just go yep uh, i can do this i can do this and because, you have to make a huge bet on yourself yeah you know totally. and everything just goes against it so all of, but but the bummer of that is it forces a, it, it we have this very insular and myopic mindset around how we look at what business we should make mm-hmm. right uh, so this thing that makes us capable, this, this, this battery or this, this talent that makes us capable of, of, of saying, I would like to do that a different way. I think I could be someone who could do that also makes us pretty bad at actually working on this second problem, solving an unimportant problem being a, a big, huge mistake. We pick something that we think is important, but it isn't because we're just focused on, on all we can do is just just do whatever we can to get out of this one stream we're in because we don't really see the specifics of this kayak we just see that there's a bunch of other people in kayaks and rapids down there and all this other stuff but there might be a whole a big gaping hole on the bottom of this kayak that we're thinking about could i pilot this thing versus is this thing 
salvageable. Is yep. this actually where I'm going to every let's try to make this metaphor work for every one of them. But that don't make a mockery of my metaphor. I feel like we have to read the quote on this one. Yeah, I do, too. I was actually just going <laughs> to say that. Like, this is just it's too perfect. Yeah. You want me to do it? You do it. All right. And, and this is great. So so this is one of those things where it can sound really trite to say yeah. solving an unimportant problem is like a big mistake of yeah. building a business. But it is. And the proof is it's not just what we think, but it's what yeah. some very smart people like Paul Graham think. So Paul Graham says, it sounds obvious to say you should only work on problems that exist. And yet by far, the most common mistake startups make is to solve problems no one has. Yeah. So he went a step further, not even just to say solving an unimportant problem, but yeah. you have to solve a problem that exists. Yeah. A lot of startups try to solve problems that don't exist. It's this contrived idea mm-hmm. that you have to go find new territory in your business and do something that no one else has done. Yeah. And if it's a problem worth solving, chances are other people have already solved it. So competition isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Make sure that you're solving a problem that it really exists. And I get into some of that, uh, what like, so in, in the lean startup world is called customer development. And I get into that and sort of a basic framework of that in the post I published on Tuesday, which is the difference between a successful business and a failing side project. So I'll put that in the show notes yep. for you. Let's get into the next one. The next one. And this is another one. <laughs> it's funny, as I was talking to these people and gathering this list, most of the time I was like, oh my God, yeah, I made that mistake myself yeah. and it was painful. Yeah, because they're so like this, these are the most common. Mistakes. And this, <laughs> yeah. this one, this one uh, was big for me, and that is not really listening to customers. Mm. I think it's really easy to say, "Oh yeah, I'm listening to customers," you know, because I read an email from somebody or yeah. something. But um, in my first, in in my my first big startup attempt, uh, we operated for three years, and I never had a single customer interview. Mm. I never sat down. And actually talk to a customer, or like watched. I mean, because well, so how do we? How do you listen though? Right? There's there's also analytics, and you looked a lot at analytics. I'm assuming I looked at analytics like a. Yeah. And <laughs> well, let's not bring your mom into this. And but mostly what we did was we had this vision of who our customer was, mm-hmm. and we really tried to solve problems for ourselves. Yeah. We tried to eat our own dog food or whatever mm-hmm. they say, but at the same time. I never really connected with our product. I never felt like, oh my God, I can't live without this. It was yeah. more like I used it because it was our product, mm-hmm. you know, or my mom used it because it was my product. Which is really common in a lot of businesses. And there's no substitute for, for I was just reading this classic old book on copywriting and David Ogilvy saying, there's absolutely no substitute for you actually giving a damn and wanting to buy this product. If you're convinced of this thing, you will write a better ad. And if you're not, and yeah. if it's just another, it's just it's just another laundry detergent. It's true. Then you're then if you'll then you do all the research and you try to write a great ad and sometimes they perform great. But I've seen I've watched people I've watched young copywriters yeah. be convicted about a thing and it was close to their hearts and it yep. just performed better. They just were capable of so much more in that environment. So one of our top pieces of it of advice is to listen to your customers because. Every problem you have will be solved if you really pay attention to your customers yeah. and listen to what they're saying about the problem mm-hmm. and what they're saying about your solution to it. And and then like I there this is so again to that post that I wrote on Tuesday on on the difference between a failing side project and a successful business. This concept of customer development absolutely critical. And once you get it, once you like if you haven't read the lean startup or if you haven't done like a YouTube primer on it or if you haven't listened to the relevant episodes of this show or just all of them, uh, because you get just the sense of what we're talking about here. 
finding a problem that you have and then you go to the other people and say like, okay, so outside of your own experience of this problem, what are the problems that they have? And I have this quick little simple formula for doing that at the end of that post, uh, the, the failing side project post. So, so check it out. And I think one thing that, that should be said about this is, is uh, be careful who you do listen to. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you're going to have to um, fight for things. Uh, you'll be in a, a place where you get to choose. Do I choose the one that performs better or the one that represents the business I want to make? The people that I want to find and care about greatly or the people who, or, the, or the, the much larger group of people who are just clicking and buying things or, or whatever, right? It's like this weird place to be and there's this dream of being the, the artist and, uh, and like being really authentic and personal and, and, and all of these things. There's this other dream of making gobs and gobs of money. Right, and you have to right. kind of you kind of have to like navigate these water these water, more navigation on the waters. Yeah, but um, so be careful who you do listen to. And the quote on this one, which we won't read, will, kind of lends itself to that. See that? Let's a little bit of like a ooh, find out more. Find out more. Go See, to that's a that's a that's a tactic. Yeah. See, and I hate tactics, but yeah, we have to resort to them because of the world that we live in. Telling people about things, I, I don't feel like that's a tactic. It's just. No, it's telling basic. that it exists, but then I'm not giving you the specifics. Oh, that, yeah, uh, what they call yeah. the information gap. I right. hate the things I know. Information gap. But not that I'm good at it. Like, the things I'm good at are like, look at me doing a song and dance show. I'm a chunky monkey. That's a real Derek Halpernism right there, the information gap. Yeah, well, it predates him. Yeah, but I that's mean, some, that's, that's some, something he really likes. some Tim Ferriss new rich stuff. He, it is something Derek New rich. Like. All right, number four on this list is not being different. Yeah, which is, uh, there's a business term for this somewhere, mm-hmm. isn't there? What yeah. is that? Unique selling proposition, differentiation. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole concept here is that whatever space you're in, it's likely there are going to be other solutions to the same problem that you're trying to solve. Which is a good thing. Which we is, said that before. It's a good thing because right. competition proves this market exists. Yeah. No, I mean, as, uh, as long as there's act, these people are actually have in if businesses. If there's zero competition, it's, it's like, it kind of... Is a red flag. It's, it's a red flag, but it's also. I mean, don't, don't don't listen to us on that because there could, you could literally create a market. Yeah, and it does. But happen. don't don't be too delusional about it. Know it, that it's going to. It be does tough. happen, but let's assume that you're not creating a market mm-hmm. um, because more than likely, if you're trying to create a market, you're violating number three, which is solving a problem that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. So instead, um, probably there's going to be competition, and that means that you have to come up with a compelling point of difference between your solution and other solutions that exist in the market so that people have a reason to choose you. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll go, eh. Great example of this is Saddleback Leather. Mm-hmm. I saw a video recently, which I'll put in the show notes, of Dave from Saddleback, uh, who I was uh, a part of the team that, that helped create that website That's a long right. time ago. Yeah. It was just fun. Um, just briefly. Then, uh, but anyways, he's on this video and he's like, here, let me show you how to make a Saddleback Leather bag let me show you how to make a bag like ours and he just if shows, you want to knock off this bag if you want to knock off this bag here's how to do it yep and it just shows how uh how cheap and flimsy every like the different models the different kinds of leather there are and yep. like how they this is how they degrade and this that's why we use this one over here so it just costs a fortune to get this raw material so but that's how you would do it and then so the sewing and he just points out all the details and they're not just details it's so that the product because the whole the whole usp the the unique selling proposition that you the, the, the actual, you know, the tagline for them is 
They'll fight over it when you're dead, which is literally one of the better taglines I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, and so the point of difference for them is, you know, you could buy any old bag and use it for a year, yeah. or you could buy this incredible superior piece of craftsmanship that that's takes going like, to last. Takes like four years to break in. Yeah, let alone exactly. You know, that like, it's going to last like that hundred years. Goddamn pair of jeans I bought earlier this year. It's going to take like four years to break this. Takes, takes a long time. So, so that's a good example. Another good one is uh, Tom Shoes. Everybody's yep. familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Their point of difference was you buy a pair of shoes from us. You buy we, your conscience too. <laughs> we give a pair of shoes to a child in need somewhere else yeah. in the world. I was just in a meeting with the guys from uh, uh, Invisible Children, another great um, nonprofit. And, and uh, what, what, caught, what, brought, what I brought to the table was like, it seems dubious that uh, they've sold an awful lot of shoes. And I never see kids in Africa with Tom's on. Like, I've never once. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I've seen a lot of things going on in Africa. Sure. Uh, but it, it just doesn't seem like the, the, the amount of, of, of good that comes out of it doesn't equal the amount of yeah, money there's a coming whole, into There's it. a whole bunch of debate about Tom's and whatever, but... Yeah, which the, will be a part of their story, right? Now, like, that could... Culture could get to a point where now that's a thing. But you're exactly right, where this is a very simple value proposition that you get in a in an instance. Well, and think about it. Like, who in their right mind goes into the shoe market? Like, yeah. it's so established, right? Yeah. And yet, Tom's was able to take off yeah. very quickly totally. because they had a really strong point of difference. Mm-hmm. So, and just, it's also, I mean, look at it. It's a very simple shoe. It's made out of cloth. It, it it just lent itself to this cultural moment of like, I don't need more. I need to be satisfied with less, but I'm going to pay a premium for that because I don't actually want less. I just want to look like I'm conscious, yeah. conscientious, or whatever. Like, there's some, so all of that stuff, like mixing it matters. And then there's 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 actual you know people who really did feel that way. There's just all this stuff that it was perfect because the U.S. The, the the uniqueness of that shoe was actually just the shoe itself too, right? And then tack on the whole fact that we're giving another pair away, and it's like, yeah, let's save the world. Screw it, let's do it. Yep, <laughs> screw it, let's screw do it. it, let's do it. Why isn't that now like a cursive shirt sort of like? Why? How come I I land on a lot of websites? And I see a lot of T-shirts with those girls with the boobs screw there. Screw it, let's do it. You know, and why yeah. did they say screw it, let's do it? Yeah, come on. It's kind of yeah, I like it. It's perfect. Let's make that shirt. Let's Chase. make that shirt. It's great. Hey, you guys. Next, we'll have some. We'll report on the shirt. Exactly. Soon. All right. Screw so it. Let's keep do me, it. So who, if you uh, keep me to the shirt thing, I'll do it through Cotton Bureau, and we'll actually do it. Let's actually do the screw it, let's do it shirt because I would love to put some of this hand lettering stuff to to the test. And in the meantime, let's go to number five here. I'll read it off. Number five, the number five uh, of 10 most common mistakes entrepreneurs make when starting a business is choosing a topic that you don't care about. This one's so good. And I'll tell you why. I'll never, I've never heard it expressed better than uh, when, in an interview with Josh Shipp on one of our episodes. I think it was the, um, I don't think it was the one about, cho- uh, about defining audience, uh, about how, the, how, our, you know, how all these entrepreneurs get inside their customer's head. Those are two great episodes, 49 and 50, I think. Uh, but I th- it was another one that Josh Shipp was on where he talks about um, if you don't actually give a damn about the people you're building your business for, you, might, uh, you, you probably, you'll find it hard to stick through all the rigmarole that you have to do in every single business, no matter what. Mm-hmm. There's so much where every you could be super passionate about something, it will become a job. I, like show me a man who's passionate about something, I can try to find a way to get him to get paid for that thing, and I will show you how he all of a sudden is like, I don't know if I really like this thing anymore. You know, turns to ash in your mouth uh, potentially. But there's so much work that's involved in any business. It's t- it's tough stuff. There's going to be up weeks and down weeks and all that other stuff. You feel good one week, you feel bad the other week. 
And when you actually believe in the plight of the people that you're you're serving with your business, you uh, you're capable of sticking through things that you probably wouldn't if you resented these people if you didn't if right. you didn't feel for them. Totally. That to me is the biggest uh, the biggest the best explanation of why to do this. Besides the fact that, like, honestly, for me as a copywriter and designer, every insight that I've every every well good performing thing that I've put together has been because I, I got some piece of empathy for these people. All copywriting, all design, all sales, all that stuff is about empathy. Yep. And it doesn't matter if it's a fake empathy or real empathy, the, but you, you have to get to that point where you see them and you understand their plight and you feel for them because that's where that, that headline, that stuff comes from. For me, I'm, I'm not talking about being a professional copywriter. I'm talking about just for me, for my stuff. Yep. That's been a huge deal for me. Yep. And the... Uh we have a great quote in here, um, which I'll leave for people to check out. But another quote comes to mind. Oh, snap. Info gap. <laughs> There's another, another shirt. <laughs> oh, snap. Info gap. I hate that. I do not want to be associated with that comment. Another, I want to beep that whole thing out. Another really good one um, that comes to mind is from Jim Carrey oh, about, his, about watching his father yeah. struggle at something that he didn't like doing. Yep. And Jim Carrey says that you can fail at doing something you don't want, so you might as well take a chance doing what you love. Oh, and I just love it. And if you haven't seen that commencement speech, and it's en toto, as the Latin people would say. En totes? <laughs> en totes, uh, as the Latin uh, uh, mall shoppers would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so worth your you know, 29 minutes or however long it is. I it's hope these don't sound trite, because these are... Serious. I know. It's hard, but it, I, I always feel like things are trite in here. A- advice is trite. Yeah. Advice is always trite. Yeah. That's why it's like so much, it's almost easier to apply it specifically to a person and their story and their specific question. It's true. Okay. So choosing a topic you don't care about, you can intuit enough about that, what that means. You got to care about the thing that you're doing. The, the whole dream here is to find something that you want to make and they want to buy. Yep. And so, and that, that's a real dance and it takes time to do it, but it's doable. Yep. We watch people do it. Every day and in surprising ways. Totally. You know? Yeah. And the whole point is that, sure, you could succeed choosing something that you don't like, mm-hmm. but for that to happen, you're going to have to get really lucky and that thing's going to have to take off pretty quickly. And it could be something you just like for, like, I think of the, the uh, green smoothie girls. Mm-hmm. Super, what, it was a super green smoothies? Was uh-huh. this, yeah. And like, they, they, wanted, they probably, I don't know exactly the origin story, but they probably were like, yo, I, I like smoothies. Like, we're doing this for this healthy or for this uh, diet factor or for this whatever. And then they started doing a thing, and it started catching on like wildfire. And now it's a now it's their job. They do it for a living. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um, and who would have who would have thunk? Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be your n- number one biggest passion yeah. ever in the history of your That's life. That's why we say care and not passion. Right. Exactly. So simplegreensmoothies.com. It's Jada and Jen. Um, they have a really great story. You can find a bunch about them there. Yep. Um, all right. Number six on our list of top Oof, ten this is a mistakes. Good one. This is a real good one. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, something we built a whole course around mm-hmm. in Fizzle because it's so important. I love that course. I think it might be a little esoteric, but a lot of people like it. Or I mean, I hear from people, there's a vocal minority that likes it, but I don't know if it's over most people's heads. Yeah. So this mistake there's, is... There's drawings of undies and stuff in there. This mistake is starting with vastly wrong expectations. And I cannot tell you how important this is. Really seriously. I do, you know what? I just had a vision in my mind of... What was it in Living Color where there was the film critics? 
Yeah. Uh, oh, is- <laughs> men on film. <laughs> yeah, men on film. Oh God, that was good. I love that. that. Oh, that was so good. It's been so long. I haven't seen that. Yeah, in we got to watch twenty that. years. Um, so, but uh, uh, starting with vastly wrong expectations is because here's what the number one killer of your uh, the, the whole thing the top 10 mistakes what are, what's the consequence of any of these mistakes the biggest consequence is you burning out and saying i'm giving up on being an entrepreneur i'm not capable of this yeah. i don't have what it takes i'm not cut out for this i was stupid to think that i could do this in the right. first place everybody was right about me my demons were right about me too yep right um so when you start with vastly wrong expectations when you come in expecting this one thing now here's a, the subtle thing about expectations is you don't know what expectations you have most of the time until you're disappointed. Right. And that's why we made that freaking course so we can get to what are the concrete expectations you should have about your business? Yeah. Like on a time base sort of thing. So two weeks from now, six months from now, all those sorts of things. What getting to a little bit of clarity about that, just a little bit of clarity pulls that stuff from the inside of you out. So now it lives outside of you and you are not that expectation because you've just done the simple act of awareness of, hey, instead of just being a rage monster when you're disappointed, right. instead of being a depression you know, cloud when, when, you, when that happens to you. Right, and I think the, the biggest um, expectation that people have is that this one business idea mm-hmm. makes or breaks whether or not I'm a success as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And also that you know, uh, I will know within a couple of months whether or not this thing is successful. And if people just looked at it as, no, this is a long-term thing, it might take me a decade, but it'll still be worth it because it's a hell of a lot of fun along the way. And once I get to those results, it's pretty incredible. And think of it not as, you know, don't define yourself as the experiment. Define yourself as a scientist. The experiments are things that need to be external to you. Yeah. And you just have to de- design them That's another and carry thing them out. In the, in the lean startup model, that is so liberating. This concept of you don't have a business idea, you have a hypothesis. Right. And you're proving, you have to do some work, just some simple experiments, and your dream is to, to prove that this hypothesis is correct or to change the hypothesis until you find the correct one. Yep. People suffer, suffer with itchy bums. And my hypothesis is that a cream that stops a bum from itching would be a successful thing. Like they would buy this stuff. So I started talking to people and nobody wants to talk about their bum. Okay, that's going to be a difficult thing. But when I did get these two weird people to start talking about their bums, um, they actually didn't speak. I learned something else. Yeah, they they, they didn't speak English. So maybe it's bigger in a Spanish-speaking market or something. Who knows what, right? Uh, But you start learning things because you're not this idea. You did this classic Buddhist, you know, yeah. meditation thing around where it's like, I'm not my thoughts. You're not this idea. But your expectations will make you feel like you are that business idea and you're not cut out for this thing because this business idea failed. Yep. And uh, that is that is that is such a, a that is a killer of, of men and women. The other two big uh, misaligned expectations, I think, are one, people aren't um, they don't expect the emotions that come along with being an entrepreneur. Yeah. They don't expect to have those mm. emotions yeah. or they don't know because they've never experienced them that deeply. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is just time. Mm. I think a lot of people don't totally. realize how long this thing is going to take. Yeah, I think that if you, I mean, if you could just get some things things straight on time, if you could say in five years I'm going to know exactly what this business is, like, or maybe even th- three years. In three, I'm going to give myself three years to work my my butt off to figure out exactly what this thing is. In three years, then I'll really be able to, you know, figure out what my title is and what the business plan is, stuff like that, or whatever. Right? Yeah. So now you've got some experimenting to do and all this other stuff. Just 
Uh, my favorite favorite quote on this is Brad Feld uh, talking about the hardest thing for a 22 year old entrepreneur to do is to look at the next 22 years and plan accordingly. Right. Because entrepreneurship is a long view of many short cycles. Yep. And so if you could say, all right, I've got three years, so let's let's chunk that up into six chunks. Right. So six six month things. Give yourself some time off in each one of uh, one of those. Give yourself some goals in each one of those. Give yourself some metrics, like choosing which metrics that you're going to test through those things. Is it going to be traffic? Is it going to be sales? Well, I'm going to figure something to sell. Yeah. I got like, what's it going to be? It's so you got to, you're creative. You can do this. You can, you can have other people. Another expectation I'd say is, is the people in your life. Like if you're married or if you're in a long term yeah. relationship, uh, go and listen to episode, uh, the one we did on romance and, and, yep. uh, and entrepreneurship. It's so good. Because what we do, we're, because we get to hear from someone who this cost them everything. Episode 55. Episode 55. And he's doing fine, by the way. Yeah. Uh, was it Terry? It's Terry. Yeah. yeah. Ter- Terry's doing fine, yeah. but it, it was rough. It's, it's, it, it, I mean, they were so, they were young. And, but anyways, so at romance stuff, your, your partnership with your, with your lover, Esposa. Your lover. Your lover, your partner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are partners. Touch my monkey. Love it. Uh, should we move on to number seven? I can't wait to make that the intro to this one. Touch my monkey, love it. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, this is Terry the monkey. You like number seven? Yeah, on our list of top ten mistakes you mm. can make in starting a such, business. Such a squirmy monkey. And this is one that I think affects a lot of people listening to this right now. You know who you are. We're going to call you out here, and that is spending. Too much time thinking and not enough doing. All right, all right, all right. Sometimes, you know, you're just like, I want to be a rapper, right? But you don't, you don't, you don't like do the work, you know? You're not out there in the clubs. You're not out there in the, in the streets. You're not with the people, right? You're up in your, cl- what? Oh, do you remember the streets? The streets. They were good. That's how I'm like channeling when I yeah. do that. I don't know if I like her or not, but I was going to give it a try. Well, she's fit. But she's fit, like, so I was thinking about maybe taking her out for a bye. And <laughs> just like, it's so... Man, I'm going to listen to that album. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, spending too much time thinking and not enough time doing. This is full contact sport. Starting a business is a full contact sport, and you don't know what it's like to get uh, in the arena until you're just out there doing it. And that sounds super cheesy. It sounds super cliche and all this stuff. But just you like th- this is what's so important about like um like well I guess the next one uh, I'll save this for the, I'll save this for the next one. So so there's a couple of concepts that really apply here. So the first is the famous Thomas Thomas Edison quote, which is that genius is one percent inspiration and ninety nine percent perspiration. And that's from that's coming from a guy who is I mean heralded right he's like one of the most famous American yeah. inventors of all time, totally. probably the most. I mean Thomas Edison was so good uh like he okay do you know that he like did like a life a life uh like a light bulb or something do you know that he um do you know that like um when he was like 35 he um he had like m- just like invented stuff and like what have i done i've done nothing you know what i mean it's so weird but <laughs> <laughs> so cool but um anyways i'm fine with it because like i have like like whatever low self-esteem and like body image issues but like i love light and i love thomas edison too so i mean think about that when and you light bulbs have really changed your life like i i would not know i would not know what to do if i didn't have a light bulb in my house right now i sort of the other thing 
the other thing that really applies here, we should put this in the show notes, and I know that we've mentioned it a bunch of times because it's one of my favorite blog posts of all time, mm. uh, which is the Derek Sivers post on ideas are simply a multiplier of execution. Ideas are simply a multiplier of execution. So with no execution, you get no value out of an idea, with right? no execution, there is no value in an idea. In a world. In a world. With no execution. In a world where Derek Sivers writes a blog post and gets quoted four years later. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. No, so, but the, let's just leave it at that. Spending too much time thinking and not enough time doing. I don't know how to motivate you enough to go, because uh, there's this point, uh, there's this thing where it, that it, it happens. It clicks. You have to snap out of it. It clicks. And you go, oh my God, I've been doing it. Like you don't see what yeah. you don't see, right? So I'm telling you right now, if you don't have the thing up, then you're doing this. And then you can just try to manage whatever you feel about that uh, between here and there. Yeah. Get it out. Get it to whatever you're planning on doing right now, chop that project in, in a quarter. Do 25% of it. Get that to a point where you can put it on the, on the internet, which is the World Wide Web, www.google.com to learn more. Mm-hmm. And then you get to say, I'm no longer just thinking, I've done a little bit. But you've got to then have a roadmap to finish the rest of the 70% of the project. I don't know what I don't know if that means makes a hundred, but I'm just gonna say seventy five. It's like seventy seven point seven. Uh, yeah, it's like thirty three point three 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 three. All that I don't know. To round, infinity, round the one. Yeah, you know up. Okay, let's move to the next one. Let's move on, which I think is probably. I mean, yeah, all of these are so important, actually. Aren't they? Yeah. It feels like any one of these could be the death of your. I could make. Situation. Yeah, I feel like we should. We like we could be. We could be completely focused on any one of these, and but, our work would never be done. And you know what? You can also overcome any one of these. So don't feel like if you made this mistake, oh, you're God, totally, totally like I was totally. I was totally a too much of a thinker and not a doer, and now I'm like doing all the time. Like I do this, I do that. You know what I mean? It's just like I get did by. I get done by. I do all everything. Like I'll do it. So this one, uh, this is another one that I made, another mistake I made, which is... I'll be damned. Do you, need, do you want a drum roll? Um, number eight. Bing! Going it alone. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The do, idea tell here, me more. So the idea here for me is that the only reason that my business exists today, that this thing, that I'm still an entrepreneur, the only reason that I'm still an entrepreneur is that people talked me out of quitting multiple mm. times. They wouldn't let me quit. Because I made the the best choice ever at some point, which was to not go it alone anymore, to um, to put accountability in someone else's hands mm. over whether or not I followed through with what I was supposed to do, with, with yeah. what I knew in my good emotional state that I needed to be working on, and I let them be the fail-safe so that in my low emotional state, yeah. I didn't fall through the floor and just completely stop. Because that's what it's like to be alive as a human. Is you have brain chemistry and brain chemistry just yeah. wants to screw you. And over. sometimes you're like, you know what? I need to do this, that, and this, and that. And you make a long list of everything. And yeah. if you do all that stuff, your life is going to be set. And then in your low state, you can't get off the couch to do a yeah. single thing. And it's really easy to just give up at that point. Yeah. And the best insurance against that is to Farmers. find, oh. uh, no, all state. <laughs> to find a supportive group of other people who are trying to do something similar. Um, and to lean on those people yeah. during those times. Totally. I, and the, the, the amount of, this has been something that's like, oh, yeah, you know, we, it's fa- I've famously not been in any, any mastermind groups. And, and if Barrett was here, he would, he would talk about his post on, mastermind, the, on getting into a mastermind group, why to do it, how to do it. Which just came out. Things, which it's just came one. out 
two weeks ago. You're you have to get to that post. It's really good if you're especially if you're not in a mastermind group. But also the things that we're doing in in Fizzle. I mean, to be able to bring your questions there. Right. When I go in there and I see someone struggling with the, the defining the audience stuff, and they're kind of missing the point. So I was like, okay, here, let, here's some more questions to think about to get them to the point where they can maybe see some of this a bit more. Yep. Um, it's to be able to just like ha- to, to be able to just not feel alone is enough, you know. But like because that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal to go from because everybody in your family or whatever the the voices in your head are so loud. Yeah. They're so loud. Because everybody else, assholes. everybody else at the office that you're at is kind of like they just kind of live their life and do the thing, and here you are like reading about starting a blog or making a business or yeah. doing a thing. It's like what? Are you, come on, don't be so uppity. Yeah, like what are you better than me? Yeah, right. All of this stuff, all of this incredible amount of social pressure that way. Yeah, that even if it's not real, you just you, you just kind of feel it, you know. And so this, th- it doesn't have to be a mastermind group, but it has to be something. It could be a really supportive spouse, you know, if, if there's. If there's somebody you can really talk to, that's cool. It could be a coach. It could be a mentor. It mm-hmm. could be a business partner. That's mm-hmm. a good way to stay on track. And it could be just having exposure to other people's stories too. Yeah. This is something we have a goal of doing is 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 not as is, is telling more of the stories of the people in the trenches with you than because everybody hears the same stories from a lot of the successful folks out there. We all know those stories. But like, what about the stories of like the person who's building a bar above right now, where it's like just kind of starting to hit that point and like they put out a product and like we're seeing some success and it's like what's this like right now and what did it take to get to here because they remember the fight to yeah. get there whereas you know i don't know gary vaynerchuk forgets a lot about that or who knows what right yeah so um just hearing those stories and being around them that are closer to where is, you're at. Uh, yeah because then you just feel like oh, that's amazing yep that's like that's like what i want to do all right, number number Next nine one. is something that doesn't apply to everybody, but if you are blogging or podcasting or producing free content of any kind as a tool for growing an audience, the number nine mistake is confusing a mm-hmm. blog with a business. Mm-hmm. So repeat after me. Yeah. Ready? Repeat after me. A blog is not a business. A blog is not a business. A blog is not a business. All right, all right, all right. A blog is not a bit. Yeah, I think I sort of get it, but what do you mean? Giving away free content is a great way to build influence and grow an audience yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but giving away all the free content in the world is not a business model. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that you can't use advertising or something like that works for some people, but in general, Giving away free content is just a way to gain influence over a group of people and to understand the problems that they have so that then you can build a product or mm-hmm. a service or something yeah. that solves that problem for them. Mm-hmm. And um, the quote here, it's a real short one, so I'm going to read it. I'm not going to do the information gap thing. Do it. Uh, Fred Wilson, a uh, venture capitalist, uh, likes to say that you should monetize the audience, not the content. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an important distinction. I'd I say. like. I like. Uh, first time I heard that, uh, it, I w- it just. It, I like had to think about it for a while. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What do we mean by that? Like, what? Do, it sounds like I might be whoring out my audience here. It sounds like it might be like using them to get to my stuff. And which, by the way, like you can make that argument for every business out there, right? Right. Um, uh, but you can also provide so much value. I heard this other quote from David Ogilvy saying, uh, "Every customer." in every product experience ever should say, how do I get this much for the price? Like, right. how, how, how is this possible? Totally. Like, you know, to be able to create that is, yeah. is pretty cool. 
but to then to the other to the other end, I was just at a skate and snowboard shop. I haven't been in there those kinds of places in a long time. Saw this jeans like you know raw raw jeans, but it wasn't anything special, and it didn't have like a name brand. It was like no name brand, and on the tag it just said, "I know, remarkable, right? Just paying for the the materials instead of some." highfalutin brand yeah right instead of like nine hundred dollars for three hundred dollars for a pair of jeans are they the the ones that are they're like no label i don't know i just know that that, i saw that tag and it just it just stuck out stuck out stuck out stuck out to me it stuck me right it stuck stuck me in the took us um so this concept though of uh confusing a blog with an audience so a blog is a platform to reach people who have needs and if you make something that they can buy to solve their problem to, to alleviate that pain, to fulfill their needs and desires, then you are, as they say, in business, okay? So a blog, a podcast, Samuel Hulick in his interview, like I was mentioning before on product people, he talked about this really well because what he started with is he said, I wanted to write a book on user onboarding, but I didn't have an audience. So I started doing these teardowns. These and it just started generating generating a ton of buzz. It was this tactic to get people to a place right. where they could sign up to be interested in this sort of thing, where he could write the book on this thing yep. that these people are learning about, right, uh, or keen to learn about. They're showing interest and in learn just by being there, clicking the buttons and doing the thing at the end of every one. It's like, hey, listen, I wrote a book on this, uh, or I'm I am writing a book. If you're interested, check out this. Y- yada yada yada. He tells that story really really well, and it, he does it with with. Uh, he seems to have done it with a strategy that I certainly never had when I was building any of my blogs early on. Yep. What, but I would absolutely do if I was building something. And from some of right and now. some of that's normal. You know what? You're just oh, totally. you just have to find your voice and do the writing thing and yeah. show up and whatever. And it's all part of the process. Yeah. But you know, if your goal is to build a business, you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache if you start thinking about those things earlier than later because yep. it's really easy to get three years into a blog. That's why that's what's built into your topic uh, uh, yeah. course in Fizzle is like, hold on, is, are these people going to be able to buy a thing? Is there a thing here? First of all, can they pay? Will they pay? You know, when we're researching the audience, do they yep. have money? Are they college students? They're, they're probably not going to buy it, right? If they're college students, they don't have a heck of a lot of money. So there, let's think for a second about the, but maybe they're buying World of Warcraft. Maybe they're buying like cheat sheets for studying for stuff. I never heard of some great businesses doing well there. Yeah. All right. You ready to move on? I'm ready for the very last to one. To the very last one. Yeah. This turns out to be the most important one. Yeah. Or the biggest mistake. I think. You know what? I'm so glad you said that, Corbett, because I was sitting here wondering which of these is the most important. So tell me more. You want to do this one? <laughs> so what I find here. Is I'm imagining like you know those like co-hosts on like the cooking shows like at, like they're basically infomercials for the George Foreman grill. Oh yeah, he's like, I'm gonna teach you how to make a steak. It's gonna be the greatest steak you ever had. It's gonna be real easy. Oh, George, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> All of our in studio audience, I can just smell it. Oh my goodness, it smells delicious. So I see you have some little bowls with things inside them here. Yeah, those are my garlic and and just start getting like yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, that's like just like super patronizing. Just in every infomercial <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Okay, so number 10, uh, not the biggest mistake, the biggest, the, the number 10 mistake that entrepreneurs make when they're starting a business is not starting at all. This goes obviously. Wait, wait is that a trick? What? Because you're starting a business, but you're not starting. I, I mean, I thought the same thing, but then I was but like, then I talked you into it pretty drunk. And so I was like, what do you mean? And then I was like, you convinced me, but then I, I think I forgot. 
I mean, the only way to guarantee failure, and this happens, uh, how many yeah. of us have that friend who for the past 10 years or something mm-hmm. has talked and talked and talked about how much they hate their job, about how they have this great idea that they just know would work, yeah. that one day they're going to blah, 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 build mm-hmm. a business or do whatever or become a park ranger, yeah. whatever it is their dream is, and all it ends up being is talk. And then you just imagine them when they're 50 or 60 or something looking back on never having actually chased that dream and yeah. how sad that is. It's that that quote about how most men live lives of quiet desperation, mm. you know? Wow. I'm really I'm affected by that right now, the idea that most men live quiet their lives of quiet. Okay, keep going. But anyway, the only way I to feel truly like I'm quiet The only way to right truly now. guarantee failure, it's mm. this it's this idea again of um looking at entrepreneurship as not one individual battle, but the overall war. Mm. And the only way to guarantee failure is to never never start at all. We will roast the enemy and we shall flank them and it will be a war of attrition because we have all the Tupperware. <laughs> Tupperware? Well, because all of the spices and meats and foods need to stay fresh. That's true. We have to feed an army, you know. And the rum. That's not just a saying. <laughs> Uh, but not starting at all. I mean, this is self-explanatory, but the truth is there's so much magic in here. Being the person that says, well, I could, maybe if I, maybe I could do, do you think I could? Maybe that thing that you got to understand, you are so damn brave to even think about that for a second. I think a hundred years ago, uh, maybe even, maybe 2000 years ago, we're all asking that question or forced to ask that question. What am I going to do for a living? Uh, uh, in a way that's like I have to make it myself, you know, in some ways. But but nowadays, it, there's a very for the last hundred years, there's a very hard and fast tradition of we go to work at businesses that we can believe in because we have always done what you know. That's what the school system was created to to make like things in military and in corporations just be real smooth. Oh, be soldiers. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm used to this. So I, this is how I get an A. All right. Cool. Uh, thanks, teacher. Cleavage shot. You know what I mean? What? What? I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's getting deep into the into the show today. Hey, did anybody order Folks, a pizza? Thanks, thanks for making it. <laughs> it's true. Because um, this is what happens when we don't have Barrett here. Yeah, to keep us on track. Because I can get you going. I can get you off track. You can get me off track. You can also get me doing that. You know, like when a dog turns its head sideways, yeah. like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it, but you let me roll. You let me roll. I do. You let me, you let me roll. You let me roll, partner. You let me roll. You let, I'm rolling. You let me roll. You're the one who's letting me roll. I'm rolling. <laughs> how do? You but how roll. do you stop you from rolling? That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's a bit of a nightmare. So not you really have to just all. distract you and go <laughs> squirrel, <laughs> squirrel. Wait, 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 wait. What'd you say? <laughs> so not starting at all. Uh, the the all I can say is I salute you. Any of you out there who are even thinking about doing anything, let alone actually doing the thing, in it's itself. the corollary to just don't quit. Mm-hmm. Our other mantra. Yeah. So uh, get started and just don't quit. This is a this is a nightmare, and it's the most exciting and fun puzzle I've ever had to try. I've ever got to put together is creating a business. I couldn't picture doing uh, anything differently uh, because it, it it's just an exploration. It's real life. I feel like I'm on the plains trying to hunt hunt down a a, a, a caribou or something like mm. that. Like this feels like being human in sure. a lot of ways because sometimes some days I don't eat. Some days I, I leave and I go, I don't know if I got anything done today. But but you, if you've started this thing, I mean, if you can get something out the door, just anything, 
you get one foot in front of the other. Next thing you know, you've walked an awful long ways and the river is flowing underneath you and uh, the, all the metaphors that we've said today. Yep. I hope we don't sound like two hucksters up here with a bunch of cliches. <laughs> we and probably advice. do. We probably do. Uh, we, I mean, I, I, how do we, I don't, I don't, I really don't want, I'm, I'm not a huckster and I'm sick of sounding like one. I feel like I do. All right. Well, check this out. Uh. Um, I think this guide is really good. Uh, there's a whole lot more detail, a lot of quotes in here, a lot of great images, and a big list of next steps. If you've been listening to this wondering, okay, that's great. I don't want to make that mistake, but what do I do next? Mm-hmm. We have a great page full of all kinds of next steps you can do. I found out how to not sound like a huckster. What's that? Like, give me another, like, say another thing. Um, so you should check out our guide. Or whatever. Or, or oh, there you go. You just end everything with or whatever. Just or whatever. So you can like uh, get the guide for free by putting in your email address or whatever. Or whatever. I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I remember. Fizzleshow.co slash 80. That's 80 is where you'll find the notes and the conversation about this episode. Uh, I have listed out a bunch of different quotes and all sorts of stuff on this one. You're going to like it, uh, including this great video that we mentioned of ripping off the Saddleback Leather Bag. Every entrepreneur should watch this and strive to make something with this much of a, I don't know, there's so much chutzpah and heart behind this thing. It's, it's, a, great, it's a great angle on making a video. Uh, fizzleshow.co slash 80. Listen, please subscribe to this show if you haven't. It helps us out a tone, ton, a tone. It helps us out a tone. It helps us out a smidge. If you haven't subscribed to the show, have you thought about maybe doing so? <laughs> you, I was going to make it rhyme for a little while there, and I decided not to. Oh, I didn't know the best choice because you suck. <laughs> you know what? That's rude. Sorry, all these voices. Just open up iTunes uh, and search the store for the Fizzle Show. You'll see our eager faces. We've already been there looking for you. Just waiting for you to click the button and click subscribe. Maybe write a review while you're there. That'd be awesome. Listen, you, you're brave. If you're even thinking about finding a different stream or streaming a different thing or paddling against the flow or whatever metaphor we used in this episode, there were several of them. If you've got the itch and you're taking any steps whatsoever, you're already a brave, brave person and we salute you. You're part of a long line of independent thinkers and self-reliant humans. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.